You're listening to the Raise to Walk podcast, episode one. Welcome to the Raise to Walk podcast, where we're walking out the life of faith. Romans 6 verse 4 reads, As Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. And this show is designed to help you do just that. Now here's your host, Carla Alvarez. Carla Alvarez. In today's episode, we're going to go and review the Nine Days in Heaven book. One day, I was browsing through the bookstore at my church while I was waiting to pick up my kids, and I came across this book, Nine Days in Heaven by Dennis and Nolene Prince. This book is an update of one originally written titled Scenes from Beyond the Grave, in, and it was written in 1859 by Marietta Davis, who was a young woman who was in a coma for nine days, and during that time she had an experience of heaven. And I actually have the original, it's uh, in the in the commons now, um, it's out of copyright, and I have a link to it on my blog if you'd like to download it and read the original version. I'll put the link in at the end of this episode. So they, the princes took the book and they updated the language and moved some of the content to the appendix for a better flow. So Marietta was a member of a Baptist church in Berlin, New York, and her family was very devout, but she was not, and the community that she lived in had experienced a revival the winter before, and she had gone to the meetings, but she remained unconvicted herself. So in August of 1848, she fell into a coma, and the doctors couldn't revive her. And when she awoke nine days later, she described her experience of both heaven and hell, and she was a completely transformed person, and then claimed Jesus as her Savior. So the account describes her story of being met by an angel, and her first view was a tour of heaven. And the way she describes it, she was just uh, completely overwhelmed by the beauty and the sense of unity. However, she was also very aware of her own sinfulness that kept her from joining in with those who were praising God. And she was also shown hell, and her description of that is one of just complete despair and hopelessness of being separated eternally from the Father. So one of the things that really struck me as I read read it was the concept that we grow into heaven, that there are layers. And it reminded me of several of C.S. Lewis's book, um, specifically The Last Battle from the Chronicles of Narnia series and The Great Divorce. And in the last battle, the loyal followers of Aslan, who is the lion in the story if you've read the books or watched a few of the movies, are overwhelmed and they're thrown into this hut. And this hut represents their death and passing through to Aslan's country. And the travelers are told to go further in and further up and discover and they discover that the further they go the bigger it is and it's similar similar to the getting to know god the more you learn about him the bigger and the more awesome that you realize he is and then his book the great divorce is also a portrayal of of hell and a journey to heaven and in this lewis really very clearly illustrates someone growing into heaven 
I thought that it was really interesting that Lewis's portrayal in his fiction and Davis's account of her experience are very similar. Uh, one of the other things that was really interesting uh, that, and this was part of the book that was moved to the end, they, but part of that is, was a description of infant instruction. And Davis described seeing infants who had died, taken to heaven, and trained up in the knowledge of God. So this is really also in line with testimonies of, uh, I've read of people who have had out-of-body encounters in heaven with children who were lost. You know, losing a baby, whether you know, that was aborted or stillborn or a miscarriage, it's a very traumatic experience. And this was a seeing their child in heaven and that it was safe and happy and that it was always a, in these accounts, it was all, always a healing moment for the parents. And I had just happened to read this right before the daughter of a friend of mine miscarried a baby. And when I heard about it, I gave her a copy of this book. So I think it's a, not only is it just interesting to read the account, but I think it's also a good book to give to anyone who's grieving the loss and trying to hear from the trauma of a miscarriage or an abortion. The story of the of babies being brought up in heaven by angels and be taught in the knowledge of God reminded me of the story in Second Samuel 12 where David's first child with Bathsheba died and the prophet Nathan had confronted David about his adultery and he had told him that the child was going to die because of a judgment of that and so David was completely distraught and he fasted and prayed and and his servants were really worried about him and after um, when the, the child died they went and they told him and they were worried because he has been so upset and they were wondering what he was going to do once he found out that the child had died. It says in verse 20 that he got up from the ground, washed himself, put on lotions, and changed his clothes. And then he went to the tabernacle and worshipped the Lord. After that, he returned to the palace and was served food and ate. And his advisors were amazed. They said, we don't understand, they told him. While the child was still living, you wept and refused to eat. But now that the child is dead, you have stopped your mourning and are eating again. And David replied, I fasted and wept while the child was alive. For I said, perhaps the Lord will be gracious to me and let the child live. But why should I fast when he is dead? Can I bring him back again? I will go to him one day, but he cannot return to me. That just to me shows that he has, he had confidence that God had his child in hand, that he wasn't, you know, he wasn't there with him then, but he would see him again and that he would, he would one day go to him and see him. And it also, um, in the book of Job, it, it, it shows that same confidence in times of, of trials, uh, in Job 19, this is towards the end when he's been going back and forth with his friends because his friends are coming and basically condemning him and Job is trying to say, hey, I'm innocent. But in chapter 19 in verse 25, it says, but as for me, I know that my Redeemer lives and he will stand upon the earth at last. And after my body has decayed, yet in my body, I will see God. I will see him for myself. Yes, I will see him with my own eyes. I am overwhelmed at the thought. And so that was, it's just a, a passage looking forward to, to Christ, the Redeemer, and our resurrection in Christ and being together with him. 
So the last passage I want to read is Psalms 49, and it's a it's an awesome psalm to read when you're in a time of trial, when you're wondering what's going on, and it's one that can give comfort in knowing that God is there and He delivers, and this is how it begins. Listen to this, all you people. Pay attention, everyone in the world. High and low, rich and poor, listen, for my words are wise and my thoughts are filled with insight. I listen carefully to many proverbs and solve riddles with inspiration from a harp. Why should I fear when troubles come, when enemies surround me? They trust in their wealth and boast of great riches, yet they cannot redeem themselves from death by paying a ransom to God. Redemption does not come so easily, for no one can ever pay enough to live forever and never see the grave. Those who are wise must finally die, just like the foolish and senseless, leaving all their wealth behind. The grave is their eternal home where they will stay forever. They may name their estates after themselves, but their fame will not last. They will die just like animals. That This is the fate of fools, though they are remembered as being wise. Like sheep they are led to the grave, where death will be their shepherd. In the morning the godly will rule over them. Their bodies will rot in the grave far from their grand estates. But as for me, God will redeem my life. He will snatch me from the power of the grave. So don't be dismayed when the wicked grow rich and their homes become ever more splendid. For when they die, they take nothing with them. Their wealth will not follow them into the grave. In this life they consider themselves fortunate and are applauded for their success. But they will die like all before them and never again see the light of day. People who boast of their wealth don't understand. They will die just like animals. I hope this episode has sparked your interest in reading the nine days of heaven. And if you visit raisetowalk.org slash P1, I will have links to all of the other books and um, the passages that I talked about today. And so to end with, I just like to have a quick prayer and just to pray for, for those of you who may have lost a child or if you know someone who's going through that right now. So, Father, I thank you so much for your love and your compassion for us. I thank you for all the promises in your word that gives us that confident assurance that, yes, you are a good God, that you love us, and that you have us in your hand. And so I ask that any any person that is, is experiencing grief right now, that is, is maybe uncertain about their hope in you, that they will be filled with with your peace, Lord, with your shalom, with your love, and that just that they will know know for a fact that, that you love them, that you have them in your hand and that you have their loved one in their hand. And that today is not the end, but they will see them again. And so we ask this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Raised to Walk podcast. We'd love for you to continue to walk with us, so head over to raisedtowalk.org slash news to get free updates. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you next time.